Welcome to the One Life for Life podcast, where we're focused on ending abortion one county at a time. Welcome to episode eight, uh, the eighth podcast we're, we're doing for the One Life for Life training, those seeking to lead on site at the local abortion mills. Uh, today's is going to be a, uh, they're, they're all important, but this one for the longevity of the ministry, for the sustainability of it, um, is probably the most important for that, I believe. Uh, the other ones are as well, but this is just focusing on the leader's self-watch. Uh, there, there are unique struggles and temptations associated with this ministry, so I'm excited to hearing from James and Justin uh, about this. So my name's Pastor Eric Stewart, uh, the director of One Life for Life. will be hosting this podcast today, talking about the leader's self-watch, interviewing James and Justin, the local missionaries. So how are you guys doing today? Great. Good. Great. Good. good to be here. Yeah. You guys excited about talking about this topic? Yes. It's a good one. Might yeah. be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> we, we were just saying before this, we were like, this could be really be six podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very, very intense. Yeah. Maybe down the road we can do like a, a separate, you know, training series for that, just sure. specifically for that. All right, so this is something that anyone engaged in this ministry needs to be aware of. But let's just start out with, I want to hear some personal testimonies from you guys. Um, How has being a part of this ministry changed you? Wow. Um, (laughs) It's, we were just, uh, episode number six, we were talking about um, having a paradigm shift. And that's what happened to me. Like, I remember when you were sharing the vision, um, we had moved up here two years ago, didn't know really how we were going to be involved. We moved up to be missionaries and didn't know what that was going to look like. And had you told me then, hey, (laughs) I want you to do this, I was like, I wouldn't have moved up here. But after I moved up here and after about a year and a half of hearing you over and over or a year saying over and over, you know, you had this burden for this. And I was like really kind of half-heartedly said, well, I'll I'll step out and do that and we'll get this thing going. But when I went to that conference, like Justin and I went to that conference, I had a paradigm shift. It was like really I understood that I had to do – I could do something and I needed – it required action. And um, so it was very important to me at that point, and it changed my life. Like, there's no matter where I go, no matter what I do from this point on, my life will never be the same. It will everything everything I read in the Bible, everything that I conversation that I have, it comes from a different worldview now. It mm-hmm. comes from a, a lens that there are babies being murdered every day in this country, 3,500 a day yeah. in this country. And there's something that we can do and should do. Yeah. 
Justin, how about you? Yeah, it's um, it's a really long, hard question because God's shown us a lot of things in the last year. I mean, it's like, I don't know how much, I can't even quantify it really, like 10 years of growth in one year or something. Right, or, yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. so much they showed us. And I know I know one of the things that he's, he's done in me um, and uh, being out there is I... Um, I used to pray that I would be a, a bold witness for, for God. Like, you know, when I would read the word and he, you'd see things like, um, um, if you're, he was ashamed of me, I would be ashamed for, for my father and, you know, proclaim me before men and I would proclaim me before my father or something, something like that. I'm just paraphrasing it. But, um, and I would see, like, Lord, please make me a bold witness. Cause I, I didn't feel, I felt like I was ashamed of him at times because if I, you know, because if I wasn't ashamed, I would be proclaiming him and talking about him in situations and and he's definitely done that to me at the mill because i you know proclaim his name all day out there and i'm really grateful for that and it's kind of funny it kind of goes back to you know when you're praying something you want god to do something in you and then <laughs> you had no idea i'd be sitting outside of abortion mill preaching the gospel i mean it's like yeah i mean i wanted you to change me but just not in that way right, right. yeah <laughs> i was like okay lord this is this is this is working you know I mean, it's pretty pretty funny it's awesome looking back on things you know and um and it showed us you know how dependent we are of, of him you know even more than i already knew you know it's so dependent on him and um, and that the, th- the theology that we know it's, it's reinforced and your faith is deepened and being out there. Cause you see the theology, you see the word right playing out right in front of your eyes, you know, that people are suppressing the truth and it's that you can say everything right. You can preach the word and, and, um, to moms and dads for a long time, but it's the grace alone. God has to change them and give them a new heart, you know? So you see these things with, 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 with power and you see God move and it's just such an honor to be there and watch him move and in people's lives. And, and, um, so it's really a, it's a, it's a hard, horrible ministry to be in, you know, just because of what's happening, but it's, uh, it's also at the same time a glorious and, and, um, awesome to see God moving and honor to be out there, um, proclaiming his word. And, um, and it's, uh, I think this is, a great, like you were saying before, like it's kind of weird to call it a ministry because it's such a horrible thing that that happens. But it's got this enables us to see the word, the world, as as worthless, you know. And and it's through scripture, and you know we like we see Christ and following Him, and that He, he is more worth more than everything else in the world, right? And this, and following him here, and when you see it like, the, like it is, it really enables you to, to see everything else as, like, you know, I remember when I first started, I would go to the, and I just, that's almost all I could think about is abortion and babies yeah. dying and what I saw that day and the crazy stuff I saw and, and the evil of it. And then I would go to the grocery store later on and I'd see just people walking around buying stuff or doing and it's like, this is, this stuff is worthless, you know, like this is like, this is, this is, doesn't even matter. Like, I mean, compared, you know, compared to following Christ in here and, and, um, you know, so it's, it's really, it's given us the ability to see that deeper level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good. We'll talk a little bit about the, the unique burdens that you'll Mm -hmm. carry. Like if you take up this call to minister at the local abortion mill, what are, what are the, the unique burdens that you'll have? Well, for for me early on it's been a process and for me early on 
I, I think I, I, I'm speaking to the people now that are new at this. Early on, it's going to wreck you. There, there's been days and weeks and months of literally going home and weeping. Um, especially the, the early ones when we were able to connect with moms and we were able, some of them we walked with for a couple of weeks and then they came back and murdered that baby. Mm. And knowing, so then I would dream. I had dreams about the baby's body being in the, in the dumpster. Mm. And I couldn't sleep. And it's like, so the realness, when your eyes are opened, you can't, oh, I'm going to a graduation party today. <laughs> you know, like, you may be there, but mentally you'll be checked out. Like, you'll be thinking about this all the time. And that's not all healthy. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, that's the burden. Yeah. That's the burden that you'll carry. To the point where, in my Bible, I have named some of the babies. One was Stephen. I named him Stephen. He was 20 weeks, 21 weeks. Could have been further along. She was pretty far along. Her name was Megan. Never forget it. I'll never forget that as long as I live. There was another one named Ruth. And so... So you carry these with you the rest of your life. Yeah. It's something that you, when you see, you know what happens inside there. You know exactly what's going on. You'll carry that with you the rest of your life. But at some point through prayer and through, um, you know, going to the Lord and in, in, in his word, you know, he reconciles that in your mind. He's, he gives you uh, a new eyes to see it because it is. I agree with Justin. It's like early on, it's like nothing else matters. Like I didn't want to, I, I couldn't even go out to eat with my wife. Mm. I'd be sitting there and the waitress, the, everybody you're looking at, you're thinking, has she had an abortion? I wonder if she's had an abortion. Mm. She's probably had it. Well, out of these four, one of them have had an abortion. Mm. You know, you start thinking about those things. And, it, and it, so then the Lord, through time, though, he, he reconciles that in your mind. And, and so you can take it to him. And because and, these feelings we're feeling, he knows far more. He knows perfectly those feelings that we're feeling. And uh, so learning how to take that to him mm-hmm. and rest in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big one. I the The biggest burden is... Once you see and and you're sitting outside while while babies are being ripped apart, I mean that's like that's um, a big burden, and you have to live live with that and and try to reconcile that. But you but you really can't, and it's of, of something like you said, like like God has to it helps you with, and and it's really I think with with um, just resting in the sovereignty and and um, mm-hmm. and and uh, but that's that's the that's the big one, and and. And, but then there's the same burdens or similar, but maybe a little different, but on the family, you know, that they're, that they're hearing you talk about this all the time. And, and so they're, they're, they, they are being kind of woke up, I I guess you could say to, um, to this too. And so, and then when you come home and your energy is just gone and you're, cause you're drained, it's like physically, emotionally, and spiritually drained by the time you get back home most days, you know? And then, so, so now your family sees 
the that burden and their burden and then but you have to try to bring them along with it and it's it's just it's, it's really a hard to juggle with sometimes but it um but it's it's with it's bringing them into it and and sharing them communicating to them what what you've learned and what you learned what you saw and what God's doing and and bringing them along with it that, that you know which is really important but a lot of times a lot of times I, you don't really feel much like talking about it when you get home, you know? So that's yeah. something like trying to force yourself to, mm-hmm. to really talk about and communicate. Cause some days like, you know, I, I mean, I want to talk with my wife and, and, um, and I haven't seen her all day and, but I, but I can't even, it's, I, my mind's so drained. I can't even really keep a conversation going, you know, <laughs> like just to yeah. think about stuff. But, yeah. and, um, and then the, the spiritual warfare side of things, that's another burden, <clears throat> you know, it will, it definitely will open you up to more spiritual warfare being out the gates of hell proclaiming the word of God than if you were at home eating bonbons or whatever, you know? So, and that's, so that's something you have to really take into consideration. You don't like bonbons or is it bonbons? I'm just wondering what they are. Bonbons? I think ice cream or something. Yeah. Is that what they are? I know the saying, but I've never had one. I've never had one, no. (laughs) (laughs) How many sayings we use that we don't have? Yeah, I'm going to go buy some when we we leave. (laughs) I just got hungry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Take a break. We'll go get some. (laughs) Do they taste like Twinkies? No. No. Well, maybe ice cream or something. (laughs) But, uh, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's another burden that you have to be aware of. And, um, and it's just to stay in the word and, and, mm-hmm. um, and know, and, and, and know that, that God is sovereign and in control. And so. I think you hit on something there. So we carry this burden from the mill, but then you, as men, we go home and we have a wife that we have to shepherd yeah. and we have children that we have to shepherd and we have a congregation and other ministries inside the church and outside of the church. And we, mm-hmm. we have responsibilities outside of that. And you're right sometimes. So not neglecting those things. I cannot throw my children on the altar no. of the ministry mm-hmm. for the sake of this. But I have, to, I have to do both. And I have to trust God that he's going to lead and guide and direct me. And I know this. If I'm in his word... I'm I'm doing better at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I'm not in his word, not in fellowship, not part of a local church, and I think we're going to talk about that, but if we're not engaged in all levels, then we will be operating in the flesh for sure. Yeah. yeah I think you guys are hitting on an important topic as well that is understanding that you're calling, like if you're called to it, your wife and family have to be called to it as well. Yeah. It's um, the same thing in pastoral ministry. Like you see, you see guys that they're called and their wife doesn't want any, anything to do with it. Now, it doesn't mean that the wife's calling is going to be to be out there. You know, her calling would be to support you and your calling, but she has to be called as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the children have to be called as well. They've got to know what, what they're, they're getting into. And, um, you know, the Lord works in different times. It doesn't mean he brings us all along at the same time and in the same way, but that's, that's an important thing to understand that. Yeah. What you guys are hitting on, like, it's, it's not just you that are doing it, even though you're the one standing out there, your whole family is involved. Yeah. I couldn't do it without my wife. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been a process. Like when we first started, there was a lot of argue where we never argued before about stuff. We were arguing about things. That was part of the spiritual. It was it was coming home with me, you yeah. know. And it's like so identifying that, taking it to the Lord, and being aware of it. Just being aware, like 
Um, and we've had a great example in our brother Cal. Uh, he's been doing this for 30 years, and he's raised kids doing this. So he's uh, he's been a great resource. Yeah. So. Yeah, excellent. So let's talk about some, some habits um, that are essential – to your life, in your life, to endure in this ministry. And again, it seems like this ministry heightens everything. So habits you're probably talking on are habits all followers of Christ should have. But it's it, it's like, if you don't have it, you're going to feel it a lot more. So maybe talk through those. I mean, Justin, if you want to go first on this one. Yeah, the habits are um, really important to, to have. And like it's like you said, like every Christian should have them, but it's like it's even more heightened, you know. So like so the word of God, like reading, reading the word every morning and, and just reading it as much as you can and and um, is is crucial. Um, you don't want to you want to go to war without a sword and in the in the word is the sword and that's what sustains us. And so that's you're going out to the the battle and and that's the thing like that's what's and that's every every christian's life it's a battle you know god didn't call well i can't know who said it but he didn't call us into a playground but to a battlefield so when you're born again you're born into a battlefield you know who said that does that sound familiar no yeah that's that's a good one yeah yeah that's really good so we're all going to battle and we have to and so we needed the word and especially at the at the mill because it's so focused there that it's the gates of hell so spiritual warfare is really really high so you need uh, be in the word and in prayer. You need a lot of um, prayer in the morning, uh, extended periods of times in the morning, at night, and prayer all throughout the day. Um, uh, you have to put on the armor of God and put on Christ, and um, knowing that you're going to, to battle. and And I think um, another one is um, a habit is, is singing and and uh, worshiping God on the way to the mill. I do in, in the car and on the way home, like in in throughout the day. If there's like a, a it's a time like a lull, or or even if there's people out there, a lot of times we just we'll put the I'll put some music on and start singing, and in my in my earbuds or um, or we have a little amp we can you know worship worship is powerful out there at the gates of hell and um, and fasting would be would be important I, but I I'd want to do that more and try that and I need to be fasting more I think I only done it like oh, once oh, settle down, no, like settle once down. once since I've been <laughs> out there yeah. 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 you're getting into my sin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah well, I, I think I only done it like once since I've been out there but I think that would be really important since, especially since like uh, we're dealing with, we are dealing with spiritual warfare and yeah. and yeah. Uh, Jesus said some of those require fasting and prayer yeah and so if we're out there at the gates of hell I probably need to be fasting more yeah so yeah. that's just something I want to work on yeah, I love your comment about music too, because I've heard Dan say this. He was quoting someone; I don't remember who it was, but he was teaching that music is portable theology. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I think like having that ability to know songs and to sing songs, and like I do that often in the morning too. It just it put it helps you get in a spirit of worship and mm-hmm. adoration and praise to God. So good, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would just uh, say amen to all that. I mean, that's uh, those are all disciplines that we need to have in our life as Christians, but even more so in this ministry. This is a ministry where we have church every day, mm-hmm. and half of our congregation dies. Yeah. So, um, it's serious business, and the battles are real. And if you're not prepared, if you're, you do not put on the full armor of God, you will 
feel the blows. Yeah. You will feel the attacks. And so I think just preparation um, and not being legalistic about it. And we're not saying that. I know none of y'all are saying that. But just being um, intentional about spending that time with the Lord and communing with Him and listening to Him. And, and one thing we, we learned over in Prague, we were talking about that in an earlier podcast uh, about prayer, how we, we learned how to really engage in war-filled war prayer. And it's like that's one thing that we, we learned um, over there in Prague is, is being receptive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you will, if you, if you don't start looking for them, you, you, may, you may be um, passing by a lot of opportunities. But as you start walking in the Spirit and you start um, communing with the Lord, that's going to become more prominent in your life. You're going to see the promptings in the moment and at home and in His Word where maybe you didn't see them before. And I think that's very important. Yeah, that's good. I lo- uh, it's so interesting. We've talked about how much of this comes back to the Word. And now we're talking about personal disciplines and habits and what's mm-hmm. it center around the Word. And my wife and I have been talking about this a lot recently. Um, I think sometimes we can make an idol of our devotion time. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We, I know you guys know this. It's not Reading is not the important thing. Reading the Bible is not the important thing. It's knowing it and applying it. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't know and apply it until we read it. But I, I know my wife and I, we've been spending less time in the... I mean, I've, I've had a habit of reading... Th- through the Bible, like regularly on a yearly basis. And I've actually taken a step back and I'm like, all right, like I'm, I'm going deep now. Like I want to know it. And it's like, what if I wake up tomorrow and I'm blind Mm. and I can't read anymore? Yeah. How is that going to affect my Christianity? It's like, if I don't know the word and I don't have it memorized, then I'm not going to be able to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to engage the word at that level. And I, I think that that's just important. So, yeah. I think it's uh I'm gonna get country on y'all for a second. Uh oh. <laughs> but reading the word, I would rather like a cow choose its cud and and choose it and choose it, swallows it and then brings it back up again and chews it and chews it and swallows it, brings it back up again. It's like I would rather read for quality and not for quantity. And to try to extract everything that I can from that, because the Lord—that's His—that's His Word. Yeah. And He's communing with us. He's communicating to us, and we cannot receive any of that without His Spirit. And so it's a—it's a process. It's a—it's an intimate time. Yeah. And so that what you're explaining is—that's how I like to think about it. You know, it's just really just sitting there and basting in that. I, I may I may sit at that one page in the Bible for a week, yeah, you know, but it's it's a good time. But then you know. you know it. I know you it. Know what it's yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, let's talk about the local church. Um, how important is being part of a local body uh, to you guys when you're doing this ministry? Uh, it's huge. I mean, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, like. It's one thing when you're out out there all week and and 
in battle basically. And so the church is, I can't wait, I can't wait to get to church. And I, I'm going to be there, you know, like nothing's going to stop me from being at church really. You know, I'm cause, cause that's the only time we have to kind of recharge and, yep. and be with the saints and, and the brothers and sisters. And, and, um, you know, I, I know when we started the ministry, we were both doing a lot of things in other areas, serving other areas. And we kind of had a step back in a lot of areas because like we were just so, drain from the week like we just needed church to be i just i don't want to miss the worship because i'm doing this other thing or i don't want to i need to be there and just you know yeah. worship god so it's like it's it's really huge you know yeah and, and that you have to you know yeah so for you it's uh, which i i would long for the day for this to be for everyone it's like you're coming to church to come huddle up with your fellow brothers and sisters to get challenged in the word to go back out to the mission field. Yeah. Like you're not coming to church on Sunday as the mission field. Like you're coming to get refueled to go back to the mission field. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like the, what would they say? It's like the going to the back for a little bit or the, yeah, the or garrison, the garrison. Yeah. yeah. Get, get resupplied. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the day we've got thousands of people doing that. Yeah. That'd be like, awesome. Like my view of going to the, the weekly gathering is like, man, like I, 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 need, I need some recharging. I couldn't mm -hmm. wait to get here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you've been in battle all week. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and and um, when we went to that conference out in Tempe, so here's guys talking on the stage that have been doing this some 15 years, some 20 years, some 30 years. The number two things that they said that they saw problems in this ministry that they needed. Number one, they they prayed for the pastors would wake up and support these ministries. And Justin and I looked at each other and we were like, check. <laughs> Our pastor sent us out here. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, you can't do this until you go to this conference. <laughs> so that was that was one. That check, that was done. So, so we're looking pretty good. And he said the number two is that the, the, the missionaries or the people out in front of the mill be a part of a local church. Hmm. And I was like, well, we've got both of those. And so we're blessed. We're blessed, man. We, you know, if people start off one or one being the starting line and ten being the finish line, we're at nine and three quarters of the way because of all the support from the church and all and you, the pastor. So we have a huge advantage. And so you were saying, how important is the local church? How important was prayer? You said how important is water? How important is the local church? How important is air to you to breathe? Like, you will not be successful in this ministry long term if you're not a part of the body of Christ. Meeting together weekly, being recharged, you just, you won't do it. You just can't. Yeah. And have there been people? Yes. God's given grace where to, to people to be able to do it because there hasn't been a church. Yeah, but if there is a church that you can be a part of, even if they don't catch the vision right away, be a part of the church. Yeah, bring that change to the church, and um, that's what I'm hoping to do in Ohio. Yeah, I don't know that uh, of any churches that are there may be some, but I don't. I hope yeah. to go to one that's not on fire and get them fired up. Yeah, you know, so that's yeah. what we got to do. Yeah, awesome, good stuff. Well, let's wrap it up on this one. I know this may be a difficult question because you guys are going to probably be like, well, I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> but I'm sure you've figured something out. 
Hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sure you've, like, uh, it's changed as the months have gone on. So how do you still, and you guys are, you guys have been doing this full time, you know, so I understand there might be people at different levels, like they may, may not all be doing that. So this burden might not be quite as heavy, but it's still going to be there. But how do you maintain some level of normalcy out, like when you do this ministry outside of that? Like how, mm-hmm. how do you work through that? Because like you said earlier, James, you have a wife, you have kids, you have a church family, you know, you've got others, Justin, you're still working outside of it. So it's like you have to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe share some some thoughts on that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm at a different stage than some. My kids are grown. So uh, my struggles aren't what Justin's are. He still has children at home, going to school, and a wife, and a job, and, and he does this. So, I mean, his struggles are different. Um, I think to have some balance, you know, everybody in the corporate world, they talk about work-life balance, you know, (laughs) you got to have work-life balance. Well, how do I have that? I don't know. I never had it, but you know, so while they're working 90 hours, while they're working 90 hours a week and they're divorced (laughs) twice and you know, their kids hate them. And you know, it's like, how do you have that? And it's like, it comes back. Part of it's the church, like being able to come to church and have relationships outside of what you're doing, that your wife can lean on other sisters, that she has resources to go to, that the pastor and his wife rally around the missionaries and their wives to make sure that they're being taken care of because it is, it can be an isolating thing. Oh yeah. It can be a very isolating thing. And so fighting against that because in some church, our culture here is great. We don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. But I've seen cultures in churches where that's the crazy people over there. <laughs> They're the crazy ones. Don't go talk to them. Actually, I've had people tell me, like, don't talk to that guy. He's he's the one that goes out in front of the mill. He's the crazy one. It's like, that was early on. It's like, But now those same people are like, no, they're they're all part of this. So it's... It's it's it can be isolating, so you got to fight against that, and just making sure that. And I think Lori was really good. The last leadership meeting we had, she said, making sure that what our wives say are important, that we take it as important. It may not be important to us at, in that moment, but it's important to her, and we have got to make sure that we are shepherding our wives well. And um, we're listening and communicating with them because yeah. it can get very, very bad, very quick. Yeah, because your first ministry is to her. Is to her and yeah. your children. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a struggle, like normalcy. I, I read that question. I was like, hmm, how do I maintain normalcy? <laughs> first yeah. of all, I'm not normal. I'm not normal. Yeah, I'm not so normal. what's so normal? I, yeah, what is that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I mean, the old normalcy, like what I would consider normalcy, there's there's no more of that. You know, that's all, all gone, which is which is good, which is a good thing, you know, like um, in a lot of different ways, um, what God's doing and waking us up to things. And um, uh, But it, the family, um, I think trying to maintain normalcy with them is, um, it's different, like I was saying, but I, I think one of the things I, I try to do, and I'm still, I'm not the great at, but I'm trying to work on is communication, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's really a big 
thing, I think. And and because if 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 everyone's on the same page and everyone knows where we're, we're headed and we're communicated, then then we can move forward. You know, and even though there might be some questions and things, but mm-hmm. but if not communicating, then there becomes resentment and bitterness, and then you can be then the the family could be bitter at at the ministry or mm-hmm. or you yeah. or or and then and then which is which is a horrible thing. You know, like it's already hard enough out at the mill. It, it, you don't need it to be hard when you go home, right. you know, and, and not communicating would, would could make that an issue. Um, and um, normalcy with the family as far as uh, I would try to have family days and try to do family things and, and you know, where we're in the word together and, mm-hmm. and spending time together. Um, um, and other than that, I'm still trying to figure out like how, like work is kind of different. It's changing, but you know, there's just all these other aspects and you got to try to, um, just, and that's just something I'm working on too, is just knowing that you're going to be, you know, uh, or you're, you're going to be tired, especially if you're out there full time, you're going to be tired and you just got to deal with it and go forward, you know? Right. <laughs> Cause I mean, it's not going to, you're not going to wake up like, Oh, I got all this energy and I'm gonna, <laughs> not, now I'll get to this stuff, you know? Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. And I think truly what what you were saying reminded me, this grows your trust and your faith in the sovereignty of God. Amen. Because there's going to be a day when you're not going to be able to be in front of that mill. I don't know why. I don't know what situation. And you got to trust God's got it. He'll He'll save those babies that need to be saved, and He'll He'll minister to those moms that need to be ministered to. And you've got to rest in that, that because it can get so me focused that I'm focused on me doing this stuff, and I'm carrying all the burden. And then that's when you start letting other things go, yeah. Because you just can't do it all. You you I can't be Christ. I'm not Christ to these moms. I mean, I can be an ambassador, but he is the Savior, not me. And Because uh, I, I make a horrible God, and uh, I will fail everyone every time. And so just resting in his sovereignty, that he has got a plan, and we are part of this plan, in how he, but we are flesh, and we do have needs, and we do have desires, and we do have things that we have to do to maintain ourselves yeah and making sure that that's a priority and for our families too so yeah yeah that's good and a couple things maybe i could add to that just obviously not i don't do full-time abortion mill ministry but just being a ministry for 13 years two things i've learned i I think is one is simplifying our lives Mm -hmm. as much as possible um in fact uh one of our mentors orrin woodward told us that he's like man like outside of like your ministry in your family, like try to simplify things. Like don't be a person that's being all things to all people and going everywhere and, and just, just be simple. Like, man, I have uh, simplify your clothing, simplify yeah. everything. Like just make your life as simple as possible um, is key. And then I, I think finding time to, to exercise is, is really mm. key too. Yeah. Of, uh, on that. Um, and, and f- figuring that stuff out. So, um, yeah, good stuff, guys. Just, uh, I, I think, uh, something we're going to continue to, to work towards, uh, Justin, you got some other things to share. Well, yeah. I just wanted to add that something neat that I, when James is talking about sovereignty of God and I say, amen, cause that's like just seeing the way God's moving and in, in, in my family's life and, and knowing that he's sovereign over, oh, you know, like, and like you've said it, 
like in sermons and stuff, like I can't, I can't save my, and like you just said, we're not Christ. So I can't save my kids. Yeah. You know, God has to do that. And he's sovereign over that. And just like he saved me and, and took me through things and opened my eyes, he's going to do that to, to yes. my, to my kids yes. if they're elect, you know? And so, and, and, uh, and, and just seeing him how faithful he is, you know, and, and taking my, my, my youngest son just went to a evangelism class and, and he came back all fired up and quoting scripture and telling them how he went uh-huh. out witnessing and sharing the gospel and, and the spirit was moving and, and he was just on fire, you know, and that's, thank you, Lord, you know, like oh, he's, he's, he sees and, and he, he provides and he's faithful through it all and he knows what we need and he might be and, our next missionary. Yeah. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. Bring him out. He's already been out there. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. He hands Father back. and son he, duo, man. <laughs> yeah. He chases down cars and gives them bags and that's yeah. pretty, it's pretty neat. It's awesome being out there with him. Yeah. yeah. Actually, every time he goes, like, Something crazy Something happens. Something crazy happens. <laughs> yeah, someone tries to run us over or <laughs> start to shoot us. Or, yeah. yeah, that's right. Just, yeah, just keep those details away from Emily, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's funny. Except for it's all public now, so I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I wanted to add to your simplifying your life. If you want to do this ministry full time, work with somebody, get debt free. Yeah. Hmm good point simplify your life in every way get as debt free as you possibly can because you don't want that financial burden on top Mm -hmm. of everything else yeah um and so yeah i think that's huge yeah great great point well, again, uh, I think you guys mentioned this This could be a six-part series in and of itself. So obviously oh. <laughs> what we talked about today is is not going to cover all the, the emotional, physical, um, psychological, and spiritual battles people are going to go through. Uh, but, but I think it's going to help and maybe give it a different perspective and to know that like, if you're experiencing those things, it's normal. And that's where our team's here. Like, yes. reach out to our team. Yes. Um, you know, connect with us. We'll, we'll, we want to walk with you. Like, mm-hmm. man, like, our, our goal is to have someone outside of every abortion clinic in this country. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we know that's going to take a lot of care. It's going to take a lot of leadership. Um, and it's going to take a lot of uh, people really uh, sacrificing Mm-hmm. For the kingdom, because this is a, it takes a sacrifice. It's a yes. sacrificial calling to go outside of the camp. Camp's safe. Outside of the camp is not. Mm-hmm. Outside of the camp, outside of the church walls, outside of the church doors, to to go on on site and to uh, interpose for our preborn neighbors. So mm-hmm. just appreciate you guys. Uh, I I hope that this training series will just pay dividends in other people's lives and help them not maybe go through the same mistakes and struggles you guys have gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we want to do, right? That's what we're all about is preparing the next generation to be, uh, to, to be better, to go faster, to be more equipped for it. So, Amen. yes. Yeah. So thank you for you guys leading the charge in that. Great. Thank you. Yes, for your leadership. You. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Well, let's, uh, let's keep on keeping on. Go save some babies. Yeah, amen. God bless. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>